Welcome to Book Talk with Kara Putman. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kara Putman, the award-winning, best-selling author of more than 30 novels. I write romantic legal suspense and World War II romance, but I read voraciously. Each week, I'll introduce you to one of my favorite author friends as we talk books, writing, and life. Be sure to check back frequently for new episodes. Hello, everyone. It's Tuesday night, and welcome to a fun edition. As you can see, instead of seeing one person, there are four of us here. And that is because I have the amazing ladies who co-wrote Christmas in Mistletoe Square with me here. And I wanted to just, number one, introduce you to these amazing writers and ladies. But also, I thought it would be kind of fun to take you behind the scenes and see what it's like to write a collection with other authors. Because most of the time, as authors, we are sitting alone in a room or a coffee shop, and it's just us and our laptops. But Working on something like Christmas in Mistletoe Square was so much fun for this extrovert because I got to work with these amazing women. So Teresa, since you're next to me, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself quickly for those who are joining us. Hi everybody, I'm Teresa Teisinger. Um, I live in Fort Worth, Texas, although I am currently in Nashville for a few uh, days working with a nonprofit that I work for full-time during the day. And I'm, um, an, I'm indie published. And um, so I have a lot to learn from these experienced ladies. And um, I write Southern fiction. Pepper, do you wanna go next? Uh, sure. My name is Pepper Basham. I am a speech language pathologist by day and a writer by whatever nooks and crannies I can find to fit the time in there. I live in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, in the middle of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Love it here. And I write historical and contemporary romance. I think I think Teresa should add that hers are romantic too. Yes, she I should have said out. that. <laughs> and, and I just wanted to clarify, yes. Thank you. And, <laughs> and um, I love getting to be a part of this group. I love getting to write. Currently, I am beating my head against my computer to make a deadline tomorrow, but... <laughs> I'm here with you guys right now, so it's a good break. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you found like the 30 minutes to come join us. Oh my goodness. And Janine, what's going on in your world? Okay, I am Janine Roche, and I write contemporary romance for Berkeley, and I've had the Madison River Romance Series and the Aspen Crossroads Series, so I'm a part-time author, part-time college instructor. I teach for the University of Colorado and I teach family, human development, family relations classes. So I get to teach about like nonfiction love during the day. And then I get to write about fictional love at night. So it's kind of, it kind of goes hand in hand. And I live in Toledo, Ohio. So there's a lot of exciting things going on that I had to turn down to be here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm it's so really glad tough. you did. Um, <laughs> and I think it's so funny that Teresa and Janine, you both work remotely. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, that's before I, COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Same and here. Then, same here. So fun. And then Pepper, if you, if anyone loves the Biltmore, all you need to do is follow Pepper on Instagram and all the places because she is the person who always makes me wish I was back in Asheville at the Biltmore. Anytime so, you come visit Kara, I will take you there. 
that would be awesome. One of these days, I am so going to take you up on it, but I'll probably just show up on your doorstep and be like, okay. oh, Pepper, I'm here. So let's go. That's good. Let's do it. <laughs> so Grace has a question already. Do we have any new books coming out before Christmas? Well, Christmas and Mistletoe Square is pretty new from October. And then Pepper, you've got your, the Mistletoe. Um, Countess. So, and then that one also has candles. Mine are still bubble wrapped, but they smell so good. This is my second set that I'm giving away. So, so I do have to ask. Yeah, but I do have to ask though, how did you get candles named after and scented after your characters? Cause I was like, okay. that is so cool. Yes, and it's Wiccan Sarcasm, a wonderful group. Um, Ashley Johnson is the head creator, I think at Wick and Sarcasm. And so I contacted her and said, um, I saw that uh, an, another author friend of ours, Rachel McDaniel had had some candles made uh, yeah. to fit with her book. And so I said, I have an idea of the sense of my <laughs> characters. Could you make me some candles? And they were perfect. They're fabulous. So I am going to be using them again in the future. I've got some, this new book coming out in July has some great smelling things happening. So. <laughs> so let's talk about that because we all write and we all write different kinds of books, yet they all have romance. Mine kind of reluctantly. And then Pepper has, you know, the spicy smooching books and Teresa and Janine are all in there too. So how did you come to decide that writing romance was the thing you wanted to do? So Teresa, we'll start with you. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's such a good question. I don't know that anybody's ever asked me that. Um, I think I've always kind of been a romantic at heart. I remember, um, honestly, the first time ever being sort of caught by a, a, a book romance was in Anne of Green Gables. <clears throat> and yes, oh my gosh. And there's just something so sweet about, you know, seeing it, seeing it sort of from a very early stage when characters are just noticing each other, sometimes in movies or you know in 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 other or even in life you just sort of see little snippets of people's um relationship together and to have an idea that I could create that same experience for other readers um was just like a dream come true and I don't know so I've just always gravitated towards you know I think there's something about the happy ending mm -hmm. in a romance that is is incredibly satisfying and so that's just what I've always liked to read so that's what I write so Janine, your journey is, I mean, you, you do this by day in the nonfiction sense. So why did you go, okay, I also want to write this. I want to use the right side of my brain as well in communicating about love and romance and all of that. Well, I've, I'm just like Teresa, where I've always been a romantic. I mean, even when I was like in preschool, I would watch Sesame Street and I would like, I had couples that I wanted to hook up. Like it was really <laughs> weird. Um, and then I used to always get in trouble for fantasizing during class. I would just daydream and I would always daydream about like whoever my crush was that like, when we would like get to have a conversation or something. And, and my friends always made fun of me for it, but it actually works in my, in my job now. Um, and then I also saw, I tend to write on the deeper <clears throat> side of romance, which is actually why I loved writing this. Cause I got to take it a little bit lighter, 
but I love uh, really diving into the deeper, harder issues that keep us from being able to love completely. And that's what I teach about during the day. And so it's kind of nice to give a happier ending to some of those stories. That oh, I love that. And Pepper, you're known for your smooching and some of your friends' kids say, oh, is she your spicy friend? So <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, that's I, the name. I mean, yeah. Pepper. And so how did you come to go, okay, I'm going to write, but I'm not just going to write. I'm going to write these really rich, deep romances. I think it's very similar to Teresa. Um, I have always loved, I fell in love with fairy tales really early. And what, I mean, the real fairy tales, like the ones that go back and have all the dark, ugly things, but then you have a happy ending at the end, right? But there's something timeless. That's why they are classics, right? There's something timeless about seeing characters make it through horrible, evil witches and uh, bad spells and all this kind of stuff and make it to the end with this hope. And I think underneath it all, there's that Christian influence of hope and uh, a happy ending ultimately. But um, so I was a big time romantic from really early on, started writing stories really young. Um, I drew very bad pictures of my characters with all had huge noses. And, um, and whenever I got my first book, like Teresa was saying, Anna Green Gables, I didn't read Anna Green Gables first. I read The Secret Garden. And when I read The Secret Garden, there was something happening that was not overtly romantic, but I caught that, uh, that young learning, I am attracted to somebody. And I loved that element. I think that kind of stirred that fairy tale-ness because it kind of has a fairy tale feel to it that story yeah, it does. and it, it moved me into going oh this is what fiction can do right um and I think that really was kind of like the spark that led toward the romantic side that's so fun and like for me I I would think like Gone with the Wind is one of those for me and yet it's not necessarily hopeful at the end other than I'll think about it tomorrow I'll think about it tomorrow um and so it's I think that's probably why I loved reading Mary Higgins Clark and things like that where there might be some romance but there was a lot of other stuff going on or like the Bodie Tanae books where there's mm -hmm. the history and then the love story so let's talk about Christmas and Mistletoe Square because like I said at the beginning, most of the time we as writers are sitting alone in our space with our characters, listening to the voices in our head and hopefully getting paid for it. And then when you have to come together and write with other people, it's a very different process. So how did you come up with the original idea for Christmas in Mistletoe Square? Because I hijacked it. I was not part of the original group. I like imposed myself and said, please let me come right with you. This sounds so fun. Well, Janine needs to answer because she's the one who approached Teresa and I, I think. Well, it started, actually, Kara, I don't remember you like pushing your way in because I, oh, I totally wanting did. to you it was to fun. be a part it was of funny. it. She has yeah. to talk about that. Take care of you have to tell. <laughs> you have to tell how you strong-armed your way into this collection. <laughs> But first, Janine, talk about how you came up with the idea, because you were like the queen of putting together novella collections. Yeah, I do. I, I love coming up with those big, grand ideas and then pulling in friends who are just multi-talented and being able to kind of usurp their talent <laughs> to, to make my stories work. Um, 
mine started with with my story. I had always wanted to write a story set in a toy store. And when are you going to write a, a story set in a toy store? Um, I had worked in a store in, at a toy store during the Christmas season when I was in college, and it was the most fun couple weeks. And oh, so cool. I wanted to set something there. And then I thought, well, how can I, how can I do this? I don't think it could be a full story all by itself. And so I came up with this idea of what if there's this town and Christmas flavor, like kind of like what you see in these Hallmark movies. And I thought, what if everybody kind of had their own thing in this town, this own store or organization um, or business that they were running. And that's kind of where it started. And I think I just, I came to people where I thought, I need you to come and help me <laughs> make this work. And so that's where you guys came in. Yeah. So she emailed me first and said, hey, you want to do this? I said, I, I think that would be great. Could we, she goes, where do you think we should set it? And I said, well, could we set it in the Blue Ridge Mountains? Because that would be a great place for like a Christmas town, right? And she said, well, do you know of anybody we can invite? <laughs> so we started inviting people to see who could be a part of it. And then we invited Teresa, okay? And then Kara can tell what happened when she got involved. <laughs> but first, Teresa, how did you, why did you decide that this is where you wanted to invest some of your time because you're working and you're writing your own books? So yeah. why did you go, oh, this is something that I wanna spend months really working with us crazies uh so it was e that's an easy question to answer it's because it was janine and because it was pepper and because it was kara and <laughs> i you know just three women and storytellers that i have enjoyed reading for years and so to get to you know have an opportunity to get to know you all a little bit better and you know write alongside you that was just an easy thing and then of course when pepper I remember the day Pepper called me and she said, we have this idea. And as soon as she said, set in the Blue Ridge, I was like, I'm in. Yes. <laughs> yes. For the and then win. of course you add on the layer of Christmas and <laughs> it was like a double yes. And so it was just an easy, really easy yes for me. That's awesome. Uh, and so what happened is last year in December, right about this time, it would have been like last weekend, um, I kind of coordinated, I don't even know how it really happened, but I think Janine and Janera Trump and a couple other people were like, hey, let's do a brainstorming retreat. And I was like, well, Lafayette's like right in between y'all. And then Pepper was crazy and drove from the Blue Ridge and Asheville to come join us. And so we were brainstorming and we were writing and they started talking about this. And I was like, oh, 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 please, can I be part <laughs> Part of this I think I should be part of this I really think can you please let me please 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 excuse me and I literally yesterday threw away the big post-it note page <laughs> taking notes on everything that we were talking about because I've done these novella collections where they've been super organized like when Trisha Goyer Sarah Sundin and I did where treetops glisten and I thought I was an organized writer and then Sarah Sundin showed me I was not I'm more organized than Trisha, but nothing like the pharmacist who's like, everything goes. Dip, 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 dip. And then I've done them where they're just really loose, where it's just, okay, as long as it has this theme and it's set in the fall, that's a collection. So this one was so much fun because it was kind of in that middle space. And I've wanted to write in 
a book. I almost said a movie. I want to, I wanted to write a book set in like Highlands, North Carolina type of area for years. And so when you were like the Blue Ridge and this and that, I was like, oh, this is perfect. So Teresa, your novella is a romance, but it's a little different from the rest of ours. You're writing a married falling in love again. So how did you come up with that idea? So I've always, um, I don't know why I've always wanted to write a couple that had, has, have been together for a long time. Um, and I guess one of my approaches as an author is to always write um, characters who are flawed, sometimes majorly, um, who have backgrounds that might be uncomfortable. Um, so far, it's not been anything terribly traumatic or anything like that, but you know, that's life. And I think relationships are that way. And even though me and my husband will be celebrating 20 years together uh, next, this coming summer, um, but even as wonderful and strong as our relationship is now, it's been through rocky times. It takes choosing each other. And I think there is a, a, a completely different level of romance to choosing each other daily. And for me, it was important to show a couple that is still in the midst of choosing each other. And that sometimes that's not an easy choice. And um, so this couple in a lot of ways is uh, sort of mirrors me and my husband. We didn't go through the same trials that you'll see, but you know, some of the same, you know, kind of instances that have come up. And so it, it was just a really wonderful, easy um, thing that just worked itself into this particular situation. Well, and I think that's a really important idea because one of the critiques of Christian fiction is, oh, it's just romance and it's not real life. And we're setting people up for these false expectations. Um, and so to be able to go, I mean, marriage is hard work. My husband and I are 26 years in January. You're at almost 20. I know Janine and Pepper, we've all had those moments. I mean, if you're, if we're being honest, every marriage has those moments where you have to choose, no, I'm committed. I'm going to stick with this. We're going to fight through so that we can get back to that moment of, okay, I actually really do like you and I can see the value in this, but um, it's, if we always just end with the, they're getting engaged or the marriage, we don't show the wedding. We don't show the hard work that marriage can be. So I loved right. that you did that and you did it in such a real and honest yet beautiful way. So it was wonderful. Thanks. And then Tucker, yours is so much fun, but you've got yeah. someone who's coming back and they're experiencing challenges and life's not gone the way they exactly thought it was. So how did you come up with that idea? Plus it's set at this amazing end. Um, and we've got a couple questions from our viewers in a minute, but how did you come up with that idea? Because sometimes you can come up with the setting, but coming up with that, like that, what the hero and heroine are actually going to do is kind of tricky. Well, and I, I guess Hallmark movies do help in plotting sometimes if you're yeah. thinking Christmassy, right? Um, but um, I knew that I wanted to do an inn because I, I've always had a dream of doing, of, of owning a bed and breakfast, always. I've loved the idea of being able to host a bed and breakfast and 
bake and serve people. So this was my way of getting to do that in fiction because it won't happen in real life. And, um, but I think a really quick caveat, the interesting part of this story was that um, I knew that my hero was going to struggle with the loss of a sibling. And I started writing this book mm. in March yeah. um, and knew that was going to happen. And then of course my brother passed away unexpectedly in May. And, and then I had to come back to this book knowing I was, writing about sibling loss. And, um, and so I, I don't know, uh, I, I know that God is in control and, and there was something about having that experience, starting that story and having get into the heart of my characters before I actually had that happen to me personally was such an interesting, and, uh, I don't know, sometimes I think of it as a, as a comfort from God to, to, um, to prepare me in some kind of strange way, if that makes sense. Um, so I didn't know, I didn't know that was, what I, was gonna, I just knew that I needed my characters to have a reason why they separated as high school uh, buddies and what would cause such a rift in their friendship. And I'm like, well, what would cause a rift like that? And why would a good friend make a choice like her friend did? And um, I'm not giving away any spoilers by saying that because you know that pretty early on in the story, but, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, um, that I just the idea of putting it in a Christmas town in the Blue Ridge Mountains pretty much started the whole story for me. <laughs> I'm all for that anywhere in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and the idea of a scavenger hunt was super fun. Yes, that was. And Karen says, you know, that she bets that would have been hard. And I still don't know how you were able to power through that and complete the novella because it did ended up being parallel to what you were experiencing and just your transparency through that whole process was really humbling and yet inspiring to watch because it just reminded me of the Corey Ten Boone story about grace where she asked her dad you know how do I know that God's going to give me the grace I need in when I face trials and her dad said when do I give you the train ticket to get on a train do I give it to you ahead of time well no you give it to me when I get on the train. And right. for some reason, that image has just always stuck with me. And then watching you in May, June, and even still today mm -hmm. has just been like that reminder that God's grace flows in, in those moments that we never want to live through, but to watch you made me go, if I ever have to, I know God will meet me in that moment. And so, it's, amen. It was definitely all him. Um, I, I think that when you face tragedy, because that really has been a tragedy, um, there's such a sweet closeness that it really does pass understanding. Um, and I think that's exactly what you explained. That's the grace you need in those moments. So yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad I got to take that and put it into positive direction in this novella. Yeah. So that was good. But I think that's one of the things that writing allows us to do. I know in my writing, God has often walked me through things that were really hard because my characters were going through it. And he's like, <laughs> well, before you can deal with this in your character, we got to deal with you. And that's one of the real interesting dynamics of writing Christian fiction is there's this whole underlying layer that if we're going to write authentically, that means God's often doing something in our lives that we may or may not really want to go through with him, but there can be such. I would rather not. Have had yeah. that one. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but God does use everything in our lives for a purpose bigger than us. And that's, that's so encouraging 
that even the hard stuff like Corey Ten Boom, even the hard stuff is not wasted. He doesn't waste it. He's got a great economy of time. Absolutely. And it's really, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to say this exact same thing happened to me. I just, I have a book off to an editor that just went off um, just before Thanksgiving. And it was the hardest of all of my stories to write. And I couldn't figure out why. And it was frustrating and challenging and tiring. And I really just thought I was burnt out. I've written a lot in a short period of time. And um, after it went off to my editor, I sent it to a few beta readers and one of them wrote back and something she said in her own experience of reading it um, encouraged me to realize that my heroine in the story struggles with fear. That is her number one challenge. And it was hard because that's what I struggle with. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize until this reader helped me make the connection that I was probably struggling telling this story because I related way more to the heroine than I realized. (laughs) And as I, as the story goes on and I get to the end, I end up putting my own life verse about fear into the heroine's you know, story itself. And it was just this mind blowing connection and realizing that God can be working on us through our craft without us even realizing it. And I'm just so grateful that that clarity has started to come. And I, now I see the story in a completely different light. Yeah. And that's so beautiful because that so often happens. I found the books that are hardest to write. It's usually because there's the most personal connection. And so, um, Linda says, we all do write authentically and all our inspirations. So thank you, Linda. And Karen agrees that watching you pepper through those months and the, especially that weeks, uh, 10, 11 days where we just weren't sure what had happened to your brother. It was just really um, inspiring and we could feel God through you in the midst of the unknown and the pain. And so that was also just really amazing to watch, you know, and just go, okay, God, I can trust that if I ever find myself in that situation, you'll come in in the same way if I allow you to. So Diane wants to know, did any of us visit the Blue Ridge Mountains in person, other than of course, Pepper, who has the pleasure of living there and the rest of us are just jealous. So I've been to Highlands um, three times for a week at a time because family friends had a cabin. And so I literally, if I were to show you the map I drew of um, Kedgewick Creek, it was, Highlands, and then just adding everybody's um, different elements to it. So Teresa and Janine, have you been to the Blue Ridge? Yeah, yeah, I've I've been there a lot. Well, it's fairly close for Ohio. It's what a five or six hour drive for you all. We we have to drive through um, the Blue Ridge to get anywhere. Really, if we're trying to go to Florida or you know the Outer Banks or Help Med, you know, we always have to drive through the mountains. And it's so inspiring. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Because most of your books are, well, your first books are set in the Yosemite, um, Yellowstone type of area. So yes. you love that kind of a setting. I do. I love rustic settings and the mountain settings. So at some point, I'll, I'll have to come over to the Appalachians and I don't, I'll have to learn how to say Appalachians correctly, though. <laughs> I think I just said it. It depends on what It depends on whether you're going to be in the north. There you go. If you're going in the south, you have to say Appalachian. There you go. South Appalachia. Yes. 
So Teresa, for people who don't know your books, because yeah. believe it or not, we're already at nine o'clock. So I told you it goes so fast because wow. you're getting to listen in on what our conversations are like, although they're a little politer, we usually like kind of jump all over each other in our <laughs> conversations. But Teresa, what would people expect if they were going to read Christmas and Mistletoe Square and they're like, okay, I want to read more books by Teresa. What kind of can they expect if they pick up another book by you? Well, uh, my Laurel Cove series, which is my series of novels, there's three out currently, and the one that's off to my editor is coming out in the end of at the end of February. Um, they are all set in a fictional town, Laurel Cove, North Carolina, that is based on a tiny little town called Burnsville um, in the mountains of North Carolina, which is my best friend's hometown that I fell in love with. Um, it's just a few minutes from where I went to college with her. And um, so those stories are all set in Laurel Cove and they are sweet contemporary romances. Um, but like I said earlier, I really try to give my characters um, some sort of real, very realistic, very relatable um, issues that uh, hopefully will leave readers feeling like they're not alone. Awesome. And Pepper, what do readers expect from your smoochin' books? <laughs> smoochin'. But also, um, so I kind of write two different sets of stories. Some are more realistic, um, but still his, like romantic. And then others have a more whimsical feel, lighthearted, but they still are dealing with, like Teresa was saying, uh, deeper elements, but with a lighter spin. Mm -hmm. So um, so if they're wanting some of that along with the smooches, that's what they'll get. <laughs> yeah, I, you and um, Jamie Jo Wright have a podcast smooches and swords stabs stabs <laughs> that's for jamie so not gothic. and then yours are not quite that dark although some of them have the mystery so like yeah. between the pages and all of that so you're just so talented and then janine what can readers expect from you with your wandering romances well i love vacation themed books. So I love a good road trip. I love, you know, fish out of water stories where somebody new is coming into the town. Uh, my latest series, which is set, it's the Whisper Canyon series. And it, if you imagine Kedgwick Creek and how loving everyone was to each other, my town in Aspen Crossroads is the opposite. It's kind of, <laughs> there's two different sides and they clash and I really like to um, bring in the, the deeper issues, like I said before. And so this one deals with um, a group of uh, people who were rescued from sex trafficking, trying to get a new start in life. And then half the town doesn't want to see that happen. And then at the middle of that, you have this super dreamy guy who has a lot of baggage coming with him and a quirky family. So that's, that's kind of where you see... Um, a lot of what I write is I do have a little bit of humor in there, but for the most part, it's a it's a it's a heart wrenching read that ends with hope. Yes, absolutely, and they're all so good. And then for those of you who have or want to purchase Christmas in Mistletoe Creek as a Christmas gift, we have these signed book plates. And so I will put in the comments here the link that if you have purchased. Um, Christmas in Mistletoe Creek, either for yourself or you want to give it as gifts, I will get these in the mail to you so that you can have an autographed copy because you should have seen. These are some well-traveled uh, little Avery labels that have the fun little Mistletoe Creek uh, theme. Okay. And Teresa, 
you keep saying mistletoe creep and it's cracking me up because <laughs> mistletoe you guys, square. do you guys remember when we were trying to come up with the name of this yes. we were like christmas at mistletoe square christmas in christmas on, around, christmas around. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know what to call it <laughs> and then and then and then the whole dilemma happened where the the awesome cover that Teresa designed yes. was a circle and we're saying, wait, it's mistletoe square. Will that still be okay? Can we do that? <laughs> and I just, I do, I, that's actually where I was getting ready to go. This amazing cover was made by Teresa. And so she's so talented and it's just perfect. Absolutely perfect. It was so, fun. That was fun. Yeah, you did a great job. It so Thanks. captures the feel. And what I loved is my novella has the romance, but it also has a little bit of mystery that plays over into my other novella collection that came out where it's more of the suspense. But I got to write about a bookstore that has a coffee shop and the heroine's actually the dyslexic owner of a bookshop. And so it was just fun. And it has kind of that you've got mail feel to it. And it was so fun to do because most of my latest books have been more like Janine's where there are some heavy issues and there's romance and then there's kids. So there's some light humor, but I mean, I've been dealing with this heavy stuff. So to be able to just write more of that light Christmas fun was just what I needed this summer. So thank you all for letting me like insert myself into the collection because <laughs> it was so, so much fun. Um, and yes, if you have an ebook and you still want a sticker, you can happily put it, you know, enter your information. I'll be glad to mail it out. Um, so thanks everyone for joining us. I hope you had fun kind of getting a behind the scenes look at all my friends who came together so we could write this really fun collection for y'all. And I hope you enjoy reading it. If you have it on your Kindle and haven't gotten to it yet, it's also on Kindle Unlimited. So if you're a reader who likes to use Kindle Unlimited, you can absolutely go and access Christmas in Mistletoe Square. Uh, <laughs> coming up with the name of the town also was really tricky. But thanks to y'all for joining me. And it was so much fun. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Okay. So I think, and this is the other fun part. I think I ended the live stream. Okay. Are yeah. we done? I think yeah. we're done. I think we're done. I always feel like tour guide Barbie at the end. Thank you for coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I have so totally <laughs> done that before. Okay. We yeah, can all okay, do it at the same time. We can all do it at the same time. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Now. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> My cheeks hurt. Goodbye. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. This was fun. It's good to yeah, see you. Yeah, thank you for doing this. it. Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. So the question is, do we want to do this again? I would love it. I'm all for it. So, because it was fun. Y'all were fun to work with. And I think we're making money. So... <laughs> Well, and maybe the next oh, time, well, maybe the next time what we could do is like interview each other, do questions that interview each other as writers and say, okay, yeah. what? Oh, and, that would and, be fun. Well, because what I've found recently, Laura and I, Laura friends and I did a, 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 a video together and asked the readers to ask questions and they're really curious about the writing process. Yeah. And so I think that if we came up with a few questions for each other to start the conversation uh, about how we do things very differently. Yeah. or you know or similarly or however the case may be um people really like to hear about that yeah 
And when you go back and read the comments, you're going to see people were loving the interaction. They were <laughs> loving the banter and all of that. So, and I think we need to decide if we're going to do another novella collection because it doesn't even have to be. Personal. I would love to. That would be so fun. Yeah. Yes. Y'all were great to work with. And so that could be a lot of fun. Um, even if it's not, you know, this coming year, but I'd love to do it. And I think there was a little conversation about it, but yeah, we kind of have to, to get it on all y'all's calendars. Cause y'all are busy people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to, I, once I get this book out, I have a, the book coming out in February and then another collection launching in March. And then I have got to give myself some time off. I've written like way too much in like 20 months and I am like, my brain is fried. And here, and it might be a neat idea if we don't do it this coming Christmas, if we did a Christmas in July release and put it in a summertime, but in Mistletoe Square, it's always Christmas. We could actually do something where how do you celebrate Christmas in the middle of summer in the Blue Ridge Mountains? Still, you know, and just give them that. I don't know. I mean, if we can't, if we can't get it together by next Christmas, then that would give us all a little extra time for, I mean, that's just an idea. Yeah. Well, and how's your contract with Thomas Nelson? I'm imagining you made it flexible. Novellas are fine. Um, And so they're, they're letting me do historical length novels with um, Barbara Vine. And then um, in the contract, it only says full length novels. So it seems to be that as long as my release dates are not super close to theirs, um, I seem to be all right with novellas. Yeah, they didn't mind. Amanda actually got to the point where she's like, you don't have to ask to do guidepost books. And so, and cause they were cozy mysteries and they were direct to consumer. And she's like, yeah, you can just do those. That's fine. And so then I just, I never asked about novellas. Cause I'm like, well, oh. if you're fine with guideposts, yeah. you gotta be fine with novellas. And in my mind, I've always been like, it's marketing y'all. It's marketing, right. it's finding new readers um, and sharing my readers. And so, yeah, cool. it's just going to be the time limit, the time yeah. element. So um, I have an idea for the next one, but it's just going to be the time element for me. I don't have any ideas. I never do. I just kind of like, <laughs> like the idea to connect this one and the Dangerous Pursuits one, it was more of a, and that's going to be fun to release those together when I can actually like really pitch yeah. them as they go together. Yeah, um, right. Because the ones more the cozy mystery and the others people are like well what happened I'm like well go read dangerous pursuits and you'll find out what happened <laughs> well and it was neat because when, I don't know if you guys do this but while I was writing um the Christmas clue to finding you I created secondary characters where I'm like well what's going to happen to you so that yeah. automatically helped me with uh ideas yeah. for a possible second yeah. yeah that's awesome I didn't I, my my secondary character got her novella yes. already. <laughs> right right yeah. right yeah I've already decided um, that I want the guy that took over the theater to have his own story so when I read it I was like he needs a story yes absolutely one way or another he's getting it so absolutely (laughs) I had um like a week ago I sent a message to a big name Berkeley author and I'm still trying to like eke out every bit of Berkeley-ness I can get out of that name before I can no longer say that and so I reached out to this author that I know, and I've met her a couple of times. We've, t- we've talked, it, she totally blew me off. But my idea was oh. to do a general market novella collection where you have 
somebody do Christmas, somebody do New Year's, somebody do Diwali, somebody do almost a holiday in. Yeah, like just, you know, every holiday that happens like October to to December. And I thought that would be so great. Like in the spirit of like tolerance and coming together and she totally blew me off. And now I'm just waiting. I'm like, they're going to come out with that and I won't have anything to do with it. And I'll just be sitting there watching them sell books. But yeah, I'll try to come up with a different idea. It would be fun to do one where a bunch of people are snowed in. Where you have like four different couples who all have some reason why being snowed in with this person is not a good idea. And either they're all snowed in at one spot or, you know, individually. Watch out. Watch out. Kara will turn into a murder mystery. (laughs) (laughs) I can do clue. (laughs) That would be so fun to do a clue inspired collection. Oh my gosh. With romance. yeah. <laughs> well, and then we can yeah. get Jamie to join us because it's you know switches and stabs. <laughs> oh, that oh, would be so fun because then, like, I mean, kind of bending the genres a little bit. Is, yeah. Like Teresa, I don't know if you've ever written anything slightly suspenseful or mis- mystery. No. Teresa. I haven't, no. but like we could kind of try to, you know, put ourselves, insert ourselves in other readers who don't typically read. Exactly. Well, because like my isn't necessarily here, not necessarily, but I think most of my readers read pretty broadly. So I was like, who cares? It'll be fun. And if I can drag some of my readers to y'all, then it was a win. But, you know, so I think something like that could be fun. We could do that and set it to come out around Halloween time, not call it Halloween at all because people will freak out. But that, that, spooky month of October time period where there's just not a lot of books coming out that are like set in that time period and it would be kind of mysterious that'd be so fun and it could be okay since we're brainstorming there could be someone who has that old Victorian mansion that's been abandoned that's up on the hill outside of Kedgwick Creek and so someone's bought it Someone else is the interior designer and there's an architect and then there's the general contractor and you've got all these people and it's not quite done. And then they're having this big like Halloween harvest type thing and there's a body and who did it? And everybody has a different perspective. It'd have to be kind of, it would have to be a little more tightly organized, but it could be really cool how like the caterers like i don't know why you're talking to me i've been making the meringues all day i'm over but here everybody today. but everybody has a backstory that makes it so that they had a motive exactly it's like, it's like it. it's like like knives it's like knives out you know yeah. it's like yes. that movie right out. right yeah. murder on the orient express i mean it's mm-hmm. that kind of that closed room agatha christie and we yes. all from a different perspective and so someone- you'd have to do you'd have to do a cabin though because if you want it to be secluded enough in the mountains for it to for people to actually be trapped there, nobody's going to be building a Victorian mansion in the, back in the mountains. But, but they would they build would a have lodge. A luxury they would cabin. they would have a lodge. They would have a <laughs> yeah. lodge though. Yeah, exactly. And so 
and yeah. that would be a place where you can only get there by you take the curvy road up to the lodge right. so you have these great views and then it starts snowing a tree exactly. goes down the I was just gonna say, so maybe it's november or just early december and they're all snowed up there because they're trying to get ready for a fundraiser or the owner's christmas or the whole family is descending and then they get snowed in and someone dies and oh. <laughs> <laughs> we can use like the stanley hotel as like our inspiration yeah. like from the shining and yeah <laughs> okay i, I don't ever place. write suspense but that's my favorite <laughs> scary movie I oh, absolutely love it. Okay, so oh, it I like used to go visit the Stanley Hotel all the time when I lived in Colorado because it was just fascinating to me. And they yeah. put up a maze too. I haven't seen the maze, but oh my gosh. So fun. <laughs> okay, I like Poirot, so that's the part where I'll be kicking sticking my head in. So uh I don't like the shining, but I can handle Poirot just fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. The challenge would be adding romance to it. No, yeah. that's never I a challenge. I have a problem, right? <laughs> well, um, you know how you know how in those kind of movies, you always have like two people, like you always they always go off in pairs. Yeah, and so I think it would be easy to have the romance and the tension happen there. I just don't know how we would do it. We would almost have to like have the chapters intertwine almost. I don't know that we yeah. could do novella one, yeah. novella two, yeah. novella yeah. three. It would almost like- It would almost would feel more like a serial story. Like, you know how yeah. they, so they'd have to we, be like longer than a typical chapter. Or, or we write, I don't know. Or we alternate chapters. Yeah, that's right. what I was gonna say. No, yeah, yeah. So Trisha Goyer and I did this on like, I think we wrote four or five guideposts novels together where what you do is you lay out here's the clues here's the red herrings here's the suspects and i've even got the form from guideposts that if we wanted to think about this we could put that all together and then we each just take if there are 10 people or eight people or however we want to do it we each just take a different hero and heroine and write it from their perspective. And then I can write the bad guy perspective with those little insert scenes. Um, and then you would just cycle through. So maybe we all write from a heroine's perspective. Maybe we don't have eight point of view characters, but there can be the heroes. And then there's, so we'd have each heroine's perspective and then the bad guy or the bad gal, whoever. Um, and those bad guy scenes are usually, they're like a page or two. So those are real easy for me to write and insert. Um, and then we would just kind of cycle through. And if it's, it could almost be like every hour and we just have to decide not everybody would be experiencing the same thing. So think the movie Clue where you're kind of going from group to group or a thin man. I mean, it almost feels like a thin man um, movie as well and so it could be a lot of fun but it would be would more be it would almost be fun. like a kindle vela where we could release it like that over a period of time and then we could release it as a book as well if we wanted to experiment with kindle vela this would be one where i think we could write them get them edited and then release a chapter like every yeah. four like days episodic like an yeah. episodic yeah and, and then with the idea that it would still all come together as a book that would then be available 
That are you guys think? Are you guys envisioning that idea being separate from a second mistletoe square book, it would, or somehow it work it as the second book? Well, I don't know. Would it would it mess up the feel of mistletoe square? To that's what I was thinking. That so we could my do Colorado. I mean, we could do like the mountains of Colorado or something like that. Cause there's, I'm thinking like when I, when we started talking about, it, I was thinking about that big hotel in Colorado Springs, the one that they oh, do yeah. different stuff at, um, the navigator's castle, Glen Airy. Cause oh, Glen Airy, yeah. um, and then I think there's another big hotel in Colorado Springs. So you could base it on something like that, but again, create a fictional town, almost Manitou. We could almost base it off of like Manitou Springs. And there's this, big old lodge up outside of town with the perfect view of Pikes Peak and all of that. Um, it could just, it could be fun. It would be different, but it would have to be a lot more coordinated. Um, but if we, and Trisha writes very, very differently than I do. I'm very sequential and she's like all over the place, um, but it worked really well. And what we did is I would write a chapter and then she'd write a chapter and we just kept sending them back and forth. And so we could do something like that or we could each write our section or our person's point of view and then just know there, there'd be more tweaking um, because we'd have to make it kind of match up. But if we had the red herring part all laid out and we knew who our characters were, then the writing of it actually is really simple. We would just have to do a little more character work up front and and really imagine what the place looks like together so that then when we're writing it, we could all write the way we like to write. And then it's just weaving it together. Mm -hmm. It could be a lot of fun or it could really drive you crazy. <laughs> I think we it would be a challenge. Do... It would be a challenge for my brain. Like I'm sitting here going, I don't think they want me to do this. Like I would totally muck it up. I don't know, but <clears throat> I'm all up for a challenge. And I, I mean, I, I would make my mother the happiest reader in the world if I wrote <laughs> suspense. Yeah. Well, well I grew uh, up like. Your audio's cut out, Teresa. Oh, sorry, sorry, and sorry. And now you're back. And now you're back just oh. fine. No, I was saying my mom is like a huge murder she wrote fan. And so she's always asking for weave in a little suspense give me something to figure out yes and, I mean, well, and when I when I was growing up and everyone was reading Anne of Green Gables I read Fear Street books and then I graduated to Christopher Pike and then I graduated to Stephen King that's all that I read until about the time that I got married and then I started <laughs> reading romance so I totally have that suspense part of me so I, I would love to do this it could be a lot of fun. So why don't I, I'll dig out the guidepost framework. Cause that, I think if you all look at it and you're like, Ooh, I've got ideas or Teresa, if you looked at it and went, Oh, I could do that. Right. Um, because if we're writing the fun thing about this, that would be different when Trisha and I were writing those books together is you would have your character and you would own your character. It would be more like what we did only we would be writing in the same time in the same space but you would still be writing completely your character and then sure. it really is just coming up with okay what's the setting what 
grand old lodge are we basing it on? And we have a Pinterest board with all those photos. And so that we can all look at them. And then one of us would own making sure the descriptions match. And so we could even have a spreadsheet like we did in this one where we're, but we would just have to be really intentional about plugging in. Here's how I described this space. And then we all just copy and paste it and tweak it from there. So it's, it's not necessarily that much more coordination. It's just, we'd have to be more intentional up front to set up, here's what those things are. And then you write it and we'd hire Beth Vote or someone like that to edit the whole thing for us. Um, but we can all keep our different voice. So yours would be softer than mine and Janine's, but maybe we write the really, you know, intense parts and y'all write the ones who are like, how do we get out of here? This is insane. And we'd be know, adding, yes. We'll be adding the humor, Teresa, the humor yeah, and the right. romance. Right. We'll add exactly. that part. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I can lock people in closets. Those are great. That's exactly what I was thinking. My <laughs> would be hiding somewhere. Yes. Yes. Until I they, love bringing stalkers <laughs> into every single one of my stories. So, yeah. perfect. <laughs> okay, so I'll put that stuff out there and then we're not doing anything in the next month. And, oh, and the other thing I was going to say, Teresa, what I have found is when my brain is fried, doing something completely different, like when I wrote this, I was so burned out. But doing writing something completely different was actually refreshing and fun. And help me go. Yeah, yeah I do yeah, want to keep writing. writing. I'm really yeah, not done. Yeah, I did yeah. enjoy this. So, but at Thankfully, the same time, the novella I'm just starting um, for the March collection is completely different. It's like rom com. Um, it's not completely different, but it's going to be straight rom com and um, a lot different for me. So, I, I'm hoping that'll help. Yeah. It does for me and yeah. I, I'll pray that it does for you because yeah, I've been there where I've written too much in too close a space of time and it's just a job and that's, that's not what it's supposed to be. It might be slow in getting back. Um, I have um, my deadline tomorrow. I have my first Thomas Nelson edits coming in this week. I have to listen to the audiobook that's coming out in January <laughs> and approve it. Uh, and then there's Christmas. So, Mar so February, March. <laughs> And I have nothing going on. And so no. I can put a little bit more work into this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, okay, so I'll find that. I'll post it up. And then Janine, if you want to kind of play with it and think like Colorado and maybe a lodge type setting, um, and then we can all just in the back of our heads be going, okay, what kind of couple would I have there? Um, and so, you know, if they're doing some renovations, or it could be that they're all there for a party, like a New Year's Eve party, and they get snowed in. It doesn't have to be a or masquerade. Party. Yeah, yeah, or something. Well, we could like do that. like a masquerade New Year's party, so we could use the holiday, yeah, time period. But at the same time, how many New Year's books are there? So it'd be kind of unique in that way. Yeah. That would also add to the suspense if several people are dressed this, in the same kind of costume um, and you wouldn't be able yeah. to know for sure who did what. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun. And it could yeah. cause some really funny moments too for mistaken identity. Yeah. Especially when the New Year's yes. kiss happens and all that jazz. I was just going to say, you yes. kissed the wrong person. Ah! <laughs> who may end up being the right person. Ooh. <laughs> You came That's with a great Mr. idea. Wrong and you leave with Mr. Right. 
Hopefully he wasn't the murderer. <laughs> it could even it could even be like a high school reunion kind of thing too. So that there's oh the that'd be fun. Or you know, <laughs> something. <laughs> The beauty of homeschooling is I never have a high school reunion. Every day of my life is a high school reunion. <laughs> so, um, I am timeless in that respect. But you know, I mean, there are different things like that that we could play with. You know, what is the reason, the inciting reason that they're together? There's lots of different things it could be. But I love the idea they're all together and it becomes Clue or Murder on the Orient Express or Knives Out or whatever. And just kind of riff off of that. Okay. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you. If you enjoyed this conversation, remember you can join us live on my Facebook page on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next conversation. I'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review on your favorite platform. I love to hear from you. So be sure to leave a comment on this episode's show page at caraputman.com. And you can also interact with me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget, when you join my e-newsletter, I send you a copy of Dying for Love, the novella that launches the Hidden Justice series as my gift to you. Thanks again for tuning in. 